0: What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. On this week's episode, we have a great friend of mine, Blake Inouye. And Blake and I grew up in Henderson, Nevada, and we both went to Green Valley High School. And Blake went on to pitch at the College of Southern Nevada for two years, a junior college uh, out in Henderson and then went on to play his final two years of eligibility at BYU in Provo, Utah. And in this interview, we get into how, how he got recruited to, to both CSN and BYU, and what it was like being a pitching recruit that really didn't stand out velocity-wise. And Blake talks about what it was like to to be a walk-on recruit at, at BYU, and kind of his advice for high school players. So let's get right into it. What's up, Blake? Thanks for coming on the show, man. How are you doing?
1: Doing pretty good. How are you guys?
0: Doing all right. Um, I want to I wanna start with, because obviously we went to high school together. We're from Vegas. We grew up together. But when and how did you kind of kick off your own recruiting process?
1: Um, so I think I started my recruiting process around my sophomore year of high school. Um, I, started, I started going to a few little like baseball camps to schools I was interested in. Um, I started trying to play on fall teams and stuff. And I started reaching out to schools that I was interested in. And I was emailing them and trying to make contact with them.
0: What, what fall teams were you were you getting hooked up with that early on?
1: So the, there were a couple fall teams. Well, there were really two fall teams that I played for um, throughout my high school career. I played for this team called Team Hawaii um, throughout my high school career. And basically what they do is this team from Hawaii, they take like, the best players from Hawaii and then they gather them all together. For a week or so, and then they all go down to Pe- Peoria, Arizona, to play in the um, I can't remember what it's called—the uh, Fall Classic or whatever. It's like a really, really big scouting event, um, and we all go down there and play together. Um, and doing that was it was super fun because I got to play with a lot of new kids, and I also got to play for a really good team, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then my second team that I played for was the uh, Cardinals team in Las Vegas. And basically, this team was the same kind of idea. Basically, like we take the best players from the Southern Nevada area and we all play on the same team together. And then we play um, we play a local junior college throughout the entire fall. And then at the very end of the fall, we also go to Peoria, Arizona and play in that same um, scout tournament.
2: Gotcha. Blake, is that Cardinals team – just basically a scout team like run by, a, by a, an area scout. And I mean, we, we had one of our other guests from, from Arizona. He was on, I think it was a Yankees scout team. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, There's
0: a Yankees Yankee.
2: Yeah. yeah Yankee scout team. Um, and I mean, he thought it was a great experience. Um, obviously a great team to be on, especially because everyone's just trying to get as much as exposure as possible. Did you think the Cardinals had, a huge influence on, on how much you got recruited in high school?
1: Um, I don't know if it really had a huge influence. Um, it was beneficial for when I went to junior college because the junior college that I was playing against, they got to see me pitch every single week. Um, so that was really nice. But I would say the really like the best thing about it, aside from the recruiting aspect, was really just being able to play with a lot of really good players. Like on my scout team alone, we had – I think almost almost our entire, at least half our team was committed to division ones. We had guys that were drafted in the first round off that team. We had guys that were drafted off the third in the third and second round off that team. Um, So it was just a lot of, it was a really, really good experience playing with really good baseball players. Um, But that team was also, it was ran by um, I think three or four scouts. I can't remember which teams they they were scouts for, Um, but they ran this team and it, it was really nice because it wasn't one of these teams where you know you pay to play right it was a team that they asked you to come play for um just to get you experience and to to get you exposure so that was a really nice aspect of it
0: so blake then what was what was the biggest tool that you felt in your recruiting process whether it be a team whether it be a showcase or a tournament that you think really one developed you um, as a high school player, but two kind of got you the best exposure that you could have wanted.
1: So the best exposure that I probably would have had would have been when I played for the team, this team called the Utah Marshals up in Utah. Um, It's a super, super good summer team. Um, And playing with them really helped build my case for me to end up going to BYU and also gave me more exposure to play, for other colleges, which was very useful. But the one thing that I would say that really was probably the best thing in my recruiting process was myself alone, honestly. Um, You know, I wasn't a guy that was a perfect game All-American or an Aflac All-American. I was a solid baseball player. I was a good high school baseball player. I was a first-team All-State guy. I had, you know, All-City accolades. I had All-Region and All-Conference accolades and all that stuff. Um, but me myself alone, being able to go out and contact coaches myself and talk to them myself was very, very beneficial um because first off, it like coaches want to see that you're a lot of coaches really do want to see that you're a personable guy they want to see that you can be the same around your teammates and be the same around your coaches so being able to talk to all your coaches, being able to go out and personally talk to those coaches was super, super helpful in my recruiting process.
2: Yeah, Blake, I think, I guess, doing all these episodes with so many different guys, it's, it's the ones who, who are the most proactive that, that got their school or at least a lot of guys who wish they were a little more proactive about, you know, their process. But I mean, for the Marshalls, I guess you you kept saying that you did this mostly on your own, but did they just give you like a platform for where you could like expose yourself more to college coaches? like what kind of tournaments did you guys play in um, and stuff like that with the Marshalls
1: so the, just a little bit of background on the Marshalls, the reason they're a summer team that I originally wanted to play for is because a lot of colleges send their kids to play for the Utah Marshals before going into their freshman year. So the Marshalls have had kids from, they've had kids that went to Stanford. They've had kids that have gone to Long Beach, Santa Clara, USD, obviously BYU, UVU, and Utah, um, Arizona, ASU, Oregon, Oregon State. Like they've had a lot of, a lot of kids from these college programs end up going to these schools. So, by being on the same team as those kids, sometimes these college coaches that were these these school these kids were going to their schools, their coaches would come out and get to see them play, and that was really really beneficial because it gave me exposure to those schools as well. Um, but it was also very helpful just because again, like you know, getting to play on a high level team, you get to play with a lot better players and because it's such a, because it was a higher level team, it offered more exposure in the fact that our coaches for that team specifically had pretty good connections with a lot of division one schools. And again, especially for me, the Marshalls is a team that BYU sends pretty much almost all their incoming freshmen, I would say to go play for this team. So the bond is really really there with the Utah Marshals and some of these Utah schools so for me it worked out perfectly because we would have BYU coaches at our games all the time and they were able to watch me play at a pretty young age for the most part
0: well Blake I'm curious cuz you you obviously went to CSN right right after high school and then eventually to BYU but did did your time with the Marshals result in in any offers from, from different schools?
1: No, it didn't. Unfortunately, it did not. Um, what it did end up doing and honestly, the reason I think it didn't is because I was already committed to junior college at that point. Um, and so it was really difficult to like stray me away from my junior college. And also at this time too, I was only throwing 84 to 86. So, there weren't two, there's not a ton of colleges that are looking for a right handed closer that are throwing 84 to 86 miles an hour. So, it didn't lead me to get any college scholarships when I played on the Marshalls, unfortunately. But it did, like I said, open up the avenue for BYU to watch me progress. And not only that, but because we had two kids on our Marshalls teams that were coaches. That played for BYU. They were. I remember one of the guys. His name was Hayden Nielsen, and he was the shortstop for BYU. And you know, he he was getting to watch me the entire summer. And he and I were talking one day, and he's like, "Blake, he's like, you know, do you like do you want to come to BYU eventually?" And I was like, "Yeah, I would love to." He's like, "Okay, dude." He's like, "I've been talking to our coaches a ton about you." He's like, "I he's like, "I really think, um, like, once you're done with junior college." They're going to ask you to come play for us. And I was like, well, awesome. Like, I would love to, you know. So it didn't stem – the Marshalls didn't stem me getting more scholarships, unfortunately. And I do believe the reason was because I was a senior on the team and I was already committed to college. But we did have guys that were younger on the team, for instance, that were juniors. Um, And those guys did end up getting scholarships to go play at other places.
2: Blake, I want to go into – something you mentioned earlier before you kind of were going more into the marshals, but just the fact that you're throwing 84 to 86 in high school. And I mean, from, from all your accolades um, in Nevada, first team, all state, whatever it is. I mean, how, like, <laughs> I guess, how did you, how did you do so well throwing 84
1: to 86? <laughs> That's a key question. Honestly, Um the, the best way to put it is I, I just, I knew who I was as a pitcher and I understood that. And that's just what I did. Well, um, you know, throwing 84 to 86, it's, it's not ideal, especially once you get to the division ones, because I think you guys know just as well as I do every division one nowadays, if you want to go D one, you've got to be throwing at least 88, 90 miles an hour. Right. Um, but me, like, you know, throwing eighty four, eighty six, 86 and, and, and still being a pretty good pitcher just stemmed from me knowing who I was as a pitcher. I wasn't a guy that was going to try to go out and blow it past you. I wasn't a guy that was going to try to strike you out every pitch. I was a guy that knew how to throw a fastball that moved a lot, which was great. So a lot of hitters, especially in high school, they have a hard time adjusting to balls that move. Um, and, you know, that was that just really played into my strengths was – knowing how to pitch and knowing how to make myself be a good pitcher and working
0: towards my strengths. Well, so Blake, how, how much did developing as a pitcher? Cause, cause like you said, you, you, you knew how to pitch. Obviously the velocity wasn't there, but the movement was there. And I can attest to that. Cause I played with you and I played against you growing up and everything moved, but was, do you think it helped, not having the velo early on and learning how to pitch and then eventually getting bigger, gaining more velocity with better mechanics and I mean what what did you what at your time at BYU what were you what were you sitting velo wise at that point
1: That's a really really good question and I would definitely say that it helped me um I'm not going to sit here and tell, you know, younger kids that I recommend not building velo because that's just not the case, fellas. Like, go out, you know, get those squats in. You know, if you're a driveline guy, do that. That stuff's not for me. You know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a, you know, way to ball kind of throw or anything like that. But you know, velo plays, and you know, for me, it was it was definitely. I think it was super key in my development as a pitcher by not throwing hard at a, at at a young age, which is really funny because. You know, if you told me to throw a baseball probably 90 miles across a diamond from third base or shortstop, I bet you I probably could have done it.
0: I think so. Um,
1: like, honestly, like, I think you know that. Like, it's, it's really weird. Like, I, I could launch a ball from the infield, but when it came to me pitching, I didn't throw that hard. Um, but I definitely think it played a huge factor. And the main reason is because, like I said, I had to learn how to pitch at a young age. Um, if I wanted to be dominant, if I wanted to be one of the best, I had to know how to throw strikes and I had to know how to get guys out and get it, do it in the most efficient way possible. Um, so once, you know, once I got into college, you know, my mechanics, they, my, my junior college coach, my pitching coach, he really helped me develop as a pitcher and really helped develop my mechanics further. Um, because, he allowed me to, or started showing me stuff to, to allow me to throw harder to gain v which was really effective for me. Um, and that all that helped a ton. And then you know, as I was progressing through college, you know, I put on, I gained a ton of weight so I could start throwing harder. Um, and then once I got to BYU, you know, the one the the best thing about Division ones. Is your facilities as well as all the all the things that come with it. Um, so you know, we had a we had a pretty good strength and conditioning coach that really was he really just wanted to make us bigger, faster, and stronger, which helped a ton for my game. Because you know, prior to that, a lot of my workouts um, back in Las Vegas had really been more baseball specific. It wasn't you know you're gonna get into the weight room, Blake, and you're gonna throw around 90 pound to 100 pound dumbbells. And then you're going to go squat 315 for fours and you better be breaking parallel. Otherwise, you're going to do it 10 times over, you know. So that was like a huge, huge benefit as well as like, you know, our nutrition is kicking for us and all the food we got. So that all added to, you know, me being able to gain the velocity that I needed. Um, And by the time I got to BYU my junior year, I was... Once I went through my whole first um, junior fall at BYU, um, I was sitting 89 to 92. I topped at 94. So I, I made a very big stride and a very big jump from sitting at 84, probably to 86 in high school, 87 in high school, right, to now sitting 88, 92, topping 93, 94, you know so it, it it really did all that stuff allowed me and really built me to be able to throw harder and gain velocity
2: Blake I have another question about I guess this this Velo um, on social media and just the way player development's working across high school level across the nation everyone's just Velo 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 cuz you're right like, if you want to go play Division One, you gotta be eighty-eight to ninety at least. That's just a yeah. fact. But do you? I guess I'm not asking if you would recommend your route, but do you think there's too much emphasis on just developing velo? When we hear about the guy who's at a D1, who's like, yeah, he's ninety-five to ninety-seven, but he has no idea where the ball's going. Like, do you yeah. think there's too
1: just a little too much on the velo side? I, I yeah, I, I honestly do. I think. I think a lot of college coaches, to be completely frank, miss out on a lot of guys that could be good Division one pitchers. Um, but because they're not showing that they're throwing 95 as, you know, an 18-year-old or 17 year old in high school, they get overlooked. Um, and it's really – it's honestly really kind of disappointing because I'll tell you what, you know, if, if you're only focused on velo and stuff and you're not focused on – becoming a good pitcher or knowing how to pitch or knowing what kind of pitcher you are, you're not going to have success at any level, let alone a division one or a pro level. Like it's just not going to happen. I've seen countless guys that can throw that can, I mean, absolutely just run it up. I'm talking like 99 miles an hour, but have no idea how to pitch whatsoever. You know, yeah, they can throw a fastball 99, but they don't know how to pitch. And I'll tell you what, like, you know, Joe, I think you are you are you a minor league baseball player right now? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I would assume that you, as a minor league baseball player, just like every Division One player in the country, can track a 99 mile per hour fastball because you're going to have to. That's just how it is. If you can only throw a 99 mile per hour fastball and you don't know how to mix in spots or locations or other opposite pitches, you're not going to be successful and that is a huge, huge portion of, of, you know, player development and trying to make yourself better. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not going to, I'm never going to tell a kid not to go after velo because velo plays, but also with developing that velocity, you have to know how to throw other pitches. You have to know how to command the zone from the get-go. Otherwise it's just not going to work out well for you. Like it's just not. I mean, I remember my junior year, we went to play Auburn um, and we were facing Casey Mize, who was the number one draft pick that year. And he I just, mean, this he kid, he his was, debut, right? I think he did. Yeah, I think he just made yeah. his debut for the Tigers, right? I mean, he was absolutely nasty. I mean, he was, he was 95 to 97, but this kid threw it all. I mean, he had a splitter <laughs> that was 89, he had a slider that was 89, <laughs> and he was throwing a changeup that was 84. And like, I was just like, this kid's off speed is legit faster than my fastball, you know? <laughs> and I was like, good God, like, what am I going to do? But I really loved the way he pitched because this was not a guy that only focused on a fastball. Yeah, man, he had the stuff to throw at 97, 98, no doubt. But this kid had three other, I mean, just absolute hammers of pitches to take you out. And he mixed it and... It was just, it was really awesome to see because I think it was a prime example of a kid that was, that just, he had it, he had the stuff, he had the fastball, but he really seemed to know like what he was as a pitcher. And what he was as a pitcher was just an absolute animal. The the kid would go out and strike out everybody. And it was, it was just awesome to watch.
0: Well, and I, and I love, I love exactly how you said that, honestly, because yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think there's definitely two schools of thought, especially as a high school. Uh, player and a high school pitcher but you you definitely need to learn how to pitch with your velocity so I think I think that that's perfect but I want to I want to go back to you going to College of Southern Nevada CSN I mean was that was that initially what you wanted to do because you knew you wanted to to go d1 or did you did you have other opportunities that you that you didn't really want to pursue? I mean, tell us a little bit more about what your options were before you went to CSN.
1: So to be completely frank, junior college for me, I, I never wanted to, to go to junior college. It was never really in my head that, you know, I was going to go to junior college. Um, I always wanted to go play at, you know, a university. And to be honest, the, the two schools I really wanted to go to my entire life were UCLA and BYU. Those were the two that I really wanted to go to play baseball at. Um, but you know, before I decided to go to CSN, you know, I had offers to go play at San Jose State and the University of Northern Colorado. Um and, you know, I, I weighed the options about it, I, I really thought about it, and you know, I just decided that neither of those schools were the right fit for me. Um, you know, there were smaller baseball schools. Um, Colorado, where Northern Colorado is located, it's it's in Greeley, which isn't a super small town. But it just, I don't think it would have fit my personality or fit my style. Um, so, you know, when I did decide to go to junior college, it's, it was, it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of, um, it was a little bit of a gut check just because I realized like, you know what, like, I'm going to go to junior college. It's its, it's going to be fine. You know, at least I get to go to a pretty good junior college. And at least I don't have to, you know, I'm on a full ride scholarship. So I don't have to pay anything, which is great. But I knew that you know, if I want to, if I want to progress my career and go further, I'm gonna have to step it up a notch. I'm gonna have to learn, and I'm gonna have to learn quickly, and I'm gonna have to get better here and and really, really take steps forward if I want to go to where I want to go and and play where I want to play.
2: Blake was BYU one of the schools you're like. I guess out of both out of high school. And I mean, obviously you ended up going there as well, but was that while you were at CSN, was BYU one of those schools where you were like, yeah, like, you know, if, if they do decide to, to keep their word and, and offer me a spot on the team, like, was that something you were really thinking about?
1: Yeah, 100%. Like I said, you know, UCLA and BYU were the, there were two schools I really want to go to. Um, And, you know, when BYU said that, you know, I could come play for them, I was, I was stoked. I I was super happy about it. Um, And, yeah, like, it was, it was really nice because, you know, it it had always been, I think I'd seriously been saying since I was like four years old, that I wanted to go to BYU, which is kind of funny. But, yeah, like, I was ecstatic that I could go to play at BYU. And, you know, there were a lot of factors that went into me wanting to play at BYU. Both my parents went to BYU. My dad played at b y u um, so there were a lot of things that really went into it um as well as you know b y u s it's it's such a good school as is you know um so there were a lot of factors that went into it but i was i was stoked once they told me that i could i could come play for them
0: was was recruiting from junior college to obviously you went to b y u um but obviously, everyone goes D two, D three, NAIA, all over the place from JUCO. But was how was that recruiting process different from say your recruiting process during uh, high school?
1: To be completely frank, it was not much different. Um, it was a lot of calling on the phone, texting, um, coaches coming out to see you play, or you know when they're available and whatnot. So it really wasn't much different from, from high school. The only difference was really was that um, in high school, you wouldn't really have, you know, college scouts at your practice or, you know, professional scouts at your practice. Um, In junior college, we had college scouts and, and pro scouts all the time at our practice and, and, you know, talking to our guys after, after practices and whatnot. So, that was that was a the big difference to be honest. But I would say everything else was was about the same. It wasn't too much different.
2: Blake, going back to your time at, at BYU, you're heading into your first year at BYU, which is your junior year. Um, it was on a walk on roll. Or that that was a spot. Like you're gonna kinda walk on, no scholarship. You know, what's what's your mentality like? Like knowing that you're not a scholarship guy, um, and and I guess working towards that. And how did you solidify
1: your role onto the team? To be completely frank, it like I, it didn't bother me at all. Um, if anything, it kind of gave me a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, just because, you know, I wanted to go out and, and I wanted to immediately start playing too. So I knew that I was gonna have to be, I was gonna have to be a dude from from the get go and. It was, it was a grind for sure. I think any college athlete, doesn't matter what level knows that the fall is a grind at all times. You know, I was doing things that I had never done before. You know, we would in junior college, we would train at 5am. But the extent of our training was a lot different when I got to division one, considering the fact that, you know, we were outside for an hour on the freezing cold turf at what we call the student athlete building, doing conditioning and and agilities and then going inside after to lift for an hour and stuff, you know? So that kind of stuff was different. And it it was tough. I mean, it was an absolute grind, especially trying to go through school as well and, and try to have a life and all that stuff. So it was really, really tough, but it just, I just knew like it didn't really matter because no matter how hard it was, if I wanted to play, especially as a lock on, that I had to just keep exceeding expectation levels and keep pushing myself and keep proving that I could be one of the 37 guys on the team. And not only be one of the 37 guys on the team, but be a guy that pitches. You know, if we're playing four games out of the week, I want to be a guy that was pitching in three or four of the games out of every single week. Um, so that was really, really important. And you know, for me, especially as a walk-on, you know, they're, as a walk-on, you have no guarantee that you're making the team. You know, they can, to be honest, if you're walking on a team, you've got you've to gotta go out and really prove it. Because well, the coaches, you're honestly probably going to be one of the first guys they let go if things aren't going well or if they need to get rid of somebody last minute. So, I mean, you really, really have to prove yourself. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to have gone through a pretty good fall and and have done pretty and done well enough to the point where, you know, my coaches thought that I was going to be useful for our team and and be a big help. Um, But, you know, all that stuff doesn't matter until you get into your first game. And once you get into your first game, that's that's really where you prove it. And that's really where everybody, including yourself and the coaches, see, you know, if they're decision in keeping you around was a good one or not.
0: And I think I think it definitely it paid off for you at BYU. I mean, you were used pretty much as a as a utility knife on the mound. You started, you spot started, you relieved, you closed, you kind of you did it all, but I'm curious cuz you talked about how going in as a walk-on, you kind of had a chip on your shoulder, but like it didn't really bother you. Was that because BYU was the place that you wanted to be and you kind of would have been fine being where you were at even if you weren't playing baseball did that play a little bit of that role
1: you know i think the reason i the reason i had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder to be honest is just because i'm i wanted to just like i wanted to show the coaches that i can play with anybody you recruit and not only can I play with them but I hopefully can be better than them as well Uh, so for me it was like it was kind of a little bit of a personal challenge honestly and that's exactly what I took it as was a challenge was to see you know can I go in immediately and honestly play more than their recruits and I was you know fortunate enough to have been able to do that which was great for me um But it also, you know, I think having that junior college experience too, I wasn't timid going in into college or going in to play with other guys. I mean, you gotta, like, I was, I was, I've been lucky enough in my life to play around a lot of really good baseball players. And, you know, so when I went to BYU, you know, seeing, you know, other baseball players that are, you know, just as good as you, it didn't bother me. It didn't, it didn't phase me. It didn't really make me timid. And I do think it's because of the experience I had and, and also because of the confidence I had within myself as well.
2: Yeah. Like what you touched on the whole mindset idea is, is something that Jared and I have seen over these last what was it, seven or eight interviews that we've done so far. It's just, you know, if you want to be successful and college baseball or honestly anything in life like you just have to get after it like you can't have right. a passive passive yeah. mindset about it like you have to you know set your own goals and work as hard as you can to achieve them like it's Absolutely. it's actually like a really simple process you it know is, it's just the it's guys cold. that are like i don't know what i'm doing here like what should i be doing rather than i know what i'm doing here and like this is what i'm going to do this is what i came here to do those are no, the guys I, who have
1: success I, I, but yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. You, to be honest, you know, you, it, again, it doesn't. I don't think it matters what level you play a college sport at. The guys that are passive, the guys that are timid, the guys that are—I hate using like the term like "don't be afraid to be great" because I just hate it. I think it's like the most cliche thing <laughs> in the world to be honest, and I hate when coaches say it. But you honestly just can't be afraid to be successful. You can't be, you have to, you know, you have to make your mind that, that, you know, this is what I want to do. And, you know, the adversity is going to come, but when the adversity comes, the guys with strong mindsets, the guys that have goals, the guys that are are willing and the guys to be completely frank, that are aggressors and not passive are the ones that you're going to see playing every single day are the ones that you're going to see out on the field are the ones that. Are going to be put in the big situations. And, you know, like, I think, especially as an athlete myself, like, if you don't want to be put in big situations, like, if you don't want to be put on the biggest stage possible, you know, and being put thrown, I mean, just absolutely thrown into the fire to either win or lose, like, why, why, why are you playing the sport? You know, why, why are you, why are you an athlete? I I feel like that's what all athletes want, because it's like, those are the best moments because, and for me, especially, you know, as a pitcher, you know, and like I said, I was, you know, I closed and I was put into, you know, big spots, you know, it's like, you know what, Blake, like either after the game, everybody and their mother is going to love you or everybody and their mother is going to hate you for blowing the game, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like, I just, you know, I love that kind of stuff. I, I feel like all athletes, doesn't matter what age group you are. And I totally understand, you know, especially when you're young. Yeah. It's a little hard to make up your mind. You know, you want to, you want to weigh the options. You, you know, your parents are also helping you weigh your options as well, which is great. But at some point, you know, you've got to take on that role and be more – you've got to be more proactive. You've got to make up your mind, and you've got to make a decision of, you know, this is what I want to do. I don't really care what it's going to take. I just have to go for it and and, and just keep pushing through it and, and fight through whatever adversity comes with it. Yeah, Blake, this is our last question of the
2: day, but I want to go into – the difference between pitching at the JUCO level um, versus pitching at BYU. Um, I remember specifically you saying um, just how your coach at CSN was a lot more mechanical with your pitching yeah. than your coach at BYU. Um, I guess was there was there I guess a coaching style you liked more, or do you think both were? were very beneficial to your full development as a player?
1: I think both were very, very beneficial. Um, I'm like, I'm a firm believer, especially, and this was before I had my junior college coach. Um, I'm a firm believer in mechanics first. I think if you can, especially as a pitcher, um, if you can replicate what you're doing numerous times over and over again, you're gonna be very, very successful as a pitcher. Um, And especially for pitching, you know, I think mechanics like encompass everything because they're gonna help you throw harder, they're gonna help you throw more accurate, and they're gonna help your stuff be better, which is overall what we need to be as pitchers. Um, So, you know, that was very, very all super helpful when I went to junior college, um, was just that mechanical aspect and really developing my mechanics and making sure I had a really solid base to build off of and keep going off of to progress. But, yeah, once I got to BYU, it was a little less about mechanics. Um, It was more my pitching coach at BYU. He was more focused on our philosophy of kind of things, you know, our mental aspect. You know, he was more like, you know what, I want you to get that ball, put it in your mind that you're going to throw it in a certain spot and go out and do it. And not only that, but he was really, really concerned with, our arm conditioning, you know, how we're prepping before we throw, how we're prepping prior to games and for weeks and whatnot, um, and all that stuff. If, In my opinion, if I could combine my junior college coach with mechanics and my division one coach for his throwing program and his mental philosophy and stuff, I think it would equal a really – I think it would create a really, really good pitching coach just because – both aspects are so important the mental side and the uh, mechanical side as well as the arm conditioning because you know when like i said when if you're a guy that your coach likes to use man you're going to be touted out almost every chance you can get i mean i'm not like i loved it because luckily like i had an arm that i had a pretty flexible arm like i could I could bounce back, you know, game to game or, or stuff. And I mean, I, there were, there was at least two or three weekends that I can remember that I threw, we played four games a week and I would throw in four every, like I would throw in all four games during the week. So, I mean, you, I mean, you really got to, the conditioning aspect is such a huge portion as well as the mechanical side of throwing the baseball. So, yeah if i could combine both those coaches i think you would i think that pitching coach would probably be the best in the
0: country honestly blake man it's so you had so much so much good stuff in this interview man it's it's always a pleasure being able to sit down and talk with you and thanks thanks so much again for for coming on the show we we really appreciate it
1: for sure guys i had a good time thanks for having me on
0: Welcome back, guys. Really hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Blake and were able to take some of what he said and hopefully apply it to what you're going through in your recruiting process or just give you kind of an idea of what some other guys go through during their recruiting process. But I want to take this time to thank all of our listeners for getting us to over a thousand listens on our episodes so far. We we put in a lot of time and a lot of work into these, and we just truly, truly appreciate every single listen that we get to every single episode each week. So from the bottom of our hearts here at Official Visit, thank you guys so much. Uh, but yeah, we we bring you guys content every single week. We try to bring you different stories from guys from different schools and just kind of give you a better picture of what the recruiting process is like for the majority of recruits throughout the country. So Please please engage with us, leave us reviews, send us DMs, check out our social media on Instagram, on Twitter, on on Facebook. We have we have a ton of content on our website at officialvisitpod.com where you can find quotes, you can find resources. You can even you can even reach out to us. So so please 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 interact with us. We we really want to hear from everyone listening and until next week guys, we'll catch you in the next episode.